Let's be honest. Life's hard sometimes. We get discouraged, struggle in our faith, and it's easy to feel alone. Despite how you might feel sometimes, know that God's got your back. And so do we. Vision's prayer line team are ready to pray for whatever you're going through. Text your prayer request to 0401 132 888 and we will be praying for you. Or click prayerline at vision.org.au. That's 0401 132 888 or vision.org.au. It's another way Vision is helping you look to God daily. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. There might be two types of people on the extremes. Those who play it super safe and those who have no fear of taking a dangerous risk. But we might be familiar with the saying, without risk, there is no gain. As a Christian, we might wrestle with how our faith in God impacts our decisions and the risks we take, whether it be in career choice or our health, our relationships, our business pursuits or our investments. A conversation today about risk and how faith in God affects our decisions, the consequences and the outcomes. Is there such a thing as faith-filled risk-taking? And is there a point where risk-taking becomes foolish? Does God respond to our risk or does he respond to our faith? Well, our special guest through this coming hour, Christina Dean, is back with us. Christina leads Uniforte, specialising in business and organisational change management. Christina is a trainer, a coach, a mentor, whose experience of God in business has been part of her inspiration to succeed. Christina, I might say, a special welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you so much for having me back. I think we're going to have a great conversation today, and I think listeners are going to respond very nicely because we all want to take a risk, but we're all not sure whether that's actually faith. We do have a propensity, don't we, to to take risks? Well, we do. I think we're hardwired for it because we need to grow. That's how God made us is to grow. Otherwise, we'd still all be in baby in nappies. So we're meant to grow. So you can't grow unless you take a risk. You can't grow unless you take a risk. And if you're talking about the way you're raising your family or the way that you're trying to get ahead in business and coming out of the tough times of COVID and now we're facing the possibility and probably the likelihood of a recession around the corner, taking risks is going to be something that we're going to be part of in the coming times. I agree with you. In fact, I was really lucky enough to uh, to be listening to Alan Cook before and uh, th- I think that this, what we're going to be talking about now, he's in financial planning and this is about risk-taking. So, um, you know, he was saying how important it is to start making plans now. And that is really quite critical for those organisations and those families who um, are, you know, still riding the crest of the wave, but that wave will flatten out shortly and they need to start preparing now for the time ahead so that when it does hit, um, they'll they'll be under full sail and they'll be able to take advantage of, of 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 things because they'll have money in their pocket they will have saved so they'll be able to buy up cheap um, and they'll be able to um, it, you know other businesses will flounder and falter because they're acting just in the moment rather than having a strategy they're just acting on a day to day basis and families are the same 
You know, if they start thinking about now, okay, and talk to each other and say, listen, this thing's coming. Let's sit down and work out how we're going to get through this together. Not for one person just to make the decision, because that's always a bit of a drama. If one person just says, well, this is what we're going to be doing. You don't need to trim your sails and you can't get your nails done like that anymore. We need to save money. Um, you know, <laughs> those, those sorts of things. <laughs> and you can't afford to buy any more of those uh, those fancy pieces of technology. Um, we, we will just be trimming our sails for a little while and save up and take advantage of, of the good deals that, that we know that are coming. Now, Alex Cook is an outstanding communicator. Mm. And when he's saying we're likely to have a recession, mm. uh, there's listeners who've been listening to Alex for a long time. Mm. They'll know that there's credibility in the sorts of predictions that he makes. Even though he'll say you can't make predictions about these things, uh, he's certainly uh, been very accurate in the way that he's been leading us forward. And interestingly, as you were saying, you were listening to some of the things that he said and the thought that you can have a defensive position now because you're anticipating hard times, but then getting ready to take that risk or that step of faith when the time comes and you are poised to take advantage of some of the opportunities come when there is hard times. Now, this is interesting for some people when we're talking about taking a risk, a defensive position or a position that's ready to take advantage of the opportunities. When you're managing risk, Christina, how do you think about those two positions? Well, you know, I think probably we need to look at how people approach risk. Um, and let's clarify what risk is for the moment. Um, the Australian risk management standards define risk as uh, in terms of uncertainty of objectives. So if you're wanting to have a, a home and a car and send your children to private school or what, or have a holiday in Fiji or whatever the case might be, you will have – that's they, they are your objectives – and the uncertainty about whether or not those objectives will be achieved is, is how well you've planned for them. Um, and, you know, some people, um, we know that these things are, are okay for us to have because it is written, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health, even as thy soul prospers. So we're hardwired for prosperous, for prosperous health and relationships and, and, and assets. One thing's very, very clear Everyone's responsible for their own level of risk management because there is an element of self-preservation involved. For example, if one member of the family uh, uh, loses his business, you know, the other member of the family has to pay the same debt. It's, you know, it's um, it's sexually transmitted debt, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting way of looking at it, yes. It certainly is. And yeah. I've known people who whose husbands have gone broke and their wives have lost everything as well. So, but they didn't communicate about those sorts of things. It was always just him making all the decisions and never ever consulting her. And when she did talk to him, well, he would ignore it anyway. So, you know, things just go down, down the wrong path. Now, as certainly as, as one thing, my mother used to say, when debt walks in the front door, love flies out the windows. And we really need to be very careful of that not happening. So if there's a high level of debt at this particular point of time, we need to get that debt down as quickly as possible, as quickly as possible and not incur any more debt. And that means a freeze on the credit cards and it means no more of these buy now, pay later schemes because we know that this economy is going to go into recession um, you know, Alex Cook is a professional. He knows that, but he's he's reading he's reading a lot into what's happening in the world. You know, we know that these things are happening. Banking crises will come. We've had them before. They'll come again. 
Um, and we know that the prices of things are unsustainable. So um, they just cannot keep going the way that they are anymore that we can keep treating the planet the way that we do, that environmental thing. Interesting, isn't it? Because self-imposed pain, if you said, I'm going to tighten my belt, I'm going to not spend up on the credit card, I'm going to try and do what Alex Cook says and get my debt under control, Mm. take a defensive position, that might be short-term pain now, but... There's there's some sort of purpose in that, uh, that when the opportunity comes, I'm going to be ready to move. Uh, so preparing yourself even for taking the risk. So before we even get to talking about whether you take a risk or is that a step of faith, it's actually having that wisdom of God, actually, because that's what we're talking about, wisdom of God before we actually even get to the point where we take the risk. I'm glad you brought that up. There's a whole chapter in the Bible called Ecclesiastes, um, and uh, it says it so beautifully. Ecclesiastes draws from the book of Judges, which is, you know, if you read Ecclesiastes, it's all about one generation doing it worse than the next generation, the next generation getting it worse and worse and worse. And there is this incredible cycle of, um, of, of, of sin where, you know, they all go into sin and then they are terribly oppressed, which is what we know what the evil one does. You know, he'll send someone to oppress them and rob them and kill them and just try and destroy them. He'll have his foot on their back. And then there'll be this outrageous crying of repentance. You know, I'm sorry, God, please help me, please help me. I can't stand this anymore. This guy's really murdering my life. And then God comes along and delivers them. Um, and then they go into this wonderful place of peace, you know, where, where it's where everything is nice and quiet and calm, and you're back in the Garden of Eden again. And oh gosh, there's somebody sent shows you the apple again. I mean, Eve is the classic risk taker. She knew what the rules were. She knew she shouldn't take that piece of ap- that apple, but she got tempted by Satan, and she took it. Huge risk, bad decision, bad decision, because it put all of us ever after that, in this rotten cycle of sin. <laughs> so I remember when I first saw this video, which is which is one of those wonderful uh, videos done by, um, oh, uh, um, oh, it's on YouTube anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I can't yep. remember what it is. Yep. But but they do talk about this wonderful cycle of, of, of peace, sin, oppression, repentance, deliverance. And when I read it, I thought to myself, right, this is my new habit, to stay in this place of peace and to be very careful, therefore, not just with doing the sorts of things that God didn't want me to do, for example, you know, um, behave in particular ways or eat particular foods or, 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 you know, risk my health or risk my relationships. And so I really started to focus in on that and I put a boundary around it. I thought, right, these are the things that I do and these are the things that I don't do. And my personal life has inc- improved enormously just by seeing that video. So... When you look at cycles, and, you know, there'll be cycles for all sorts of things, uh, whether it's a domestic violence cycle, and you can see, you know, where there's build-up times and when the pressure's off and then there's, you know, the buyback uh, time. That's a domestic violence cycle. When we're talking about these economic cycles, uh, you know, our economists Mm. uh, who are advising our government, they're aware of economic cycles. Uh, recessions and then upswings and then uh, things go well for a while and then there's all sorts of factors there. Knowing where you are on a cycle, this would be no doubt uh, a way to mitigate risks when it comes to making important decisions. Very much so. If you know what time of day it is, 
you know, what time, what, what sort of a cycle you could be having to your day. Um, you know, my cycle of my day is I get up at about 6.30, I have breakfast, I'm at work by 8.30 and, you know, I do my thing. I have lunch at 12.30, I'm out of there by 4.30 and I'm in bed by 9 o'clock. That's my cycle. And I stick to it. As a result of that, I'm as healthy as I possibly can be because I have, I know what I'm going to be eating, I know what I'm going to be doing, I have a good cycle. But if I had a cycle that was all over the place and I never really understood what time of day it was and my body didn't therefore understand, I would be a mess. And many people who do shift work do get into a mess. And as Alex Cook was saying a little earlier too, if recession strikes and you lose your job, mm. he was saying treat that like a full-time job to get another job. Exactly and the there's job. a certain sense here in which you've got to be able to think through the issues to say, well, you can't have a woe-is-me attitude. Mm. Uh, you've got to be ready to take the risk to move into that new job, uh, to actually make all of those applications that you're going to need to and yep. go through all the cycles of getting the new position that you really do desire. It may even be the case that if you lose one job, you might find a better job. So, what are your thoughts here, Christina, about having some sort of uh, way of being optimistic about there always being something better around the corner? That seems to me that strikes a chord so far as my Christian faith goes, that God is on my side. He's watching my back. He's promised to bring blessing on me. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. So I should expect that there are going to be good things, even if bad things strike me down. That's where faith comes in. That's where faith comes in because it's very hard to come back from devastation, you know, really bad devastation. And uh, it, and, and if you know your Bible and if you know your Lord, not just know about the Bible and know about God, but actually know God, actually have a, um, a day-to-day, moment-by-moment relationship with your Lord, then and you know that he's there for you and you know that all you have to do is put out your hand and say, God, I really don't know how to go about this. Please take me by the hand and show me. He will not fail you. He won't fail anybody who's listening to this program any more than he hasn't failed me. Um, and he, he'll, he'll, and I'm sure he'll do the same thing as he did for this lady. I have this wonderful story for you. Can I tell you this story? Mm. Well, what if we come back in just okay. a moment and uh, we'll tell the story because I know this is a wonderful story of someone recovering. Mm. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson. On Vision Christian Radio. Well, have you ever thought about taking a risk and you've wondered whether this is a step of faith? Have you ever been in a position where things have been very hard and you're wondering how I can have faith in God to take steps to get out of this challenging time? Christina Dean is our guest. Christina is an expert in organisational change management. Christina, you have a story and you're about to just launch into that just before that break there. But uh, this is a lady that you knew who was uh, all of a sudden cast on some hard times. Take us into this story. Yes, I do. I know a lady who lost everything. And really what happened to her was that she took an extraordinary risk um, in getting into a relationship that she knew at the onset wasn't quite good for her. And this this relationship really cost her everything. She um, uh, she lost her health. She lost her house. She lost her marriage. She lost her business. She lost her reputation. And worst of all, she lost who she thought that she was. She lost all self confidence. And um, and so um, she 
she just reached out to God and she said, you know, I, I, I don't know what's next, Lord. Um, you know, I, I don't know how I can recover from this. And she'd always been a really good performer, so she was a very intelligent lady. Anyway, so the first thing that God did was co- provide her with a comfortable home and it was much nicer than what she thought that she was going to get because she had to rent it. Um, anyway, four years later, she had regained her physical and mental health and began working her small business again. And as an experienced, educated and talented professional, she's also a good-hearted person and has uh, you know, has her customers' interests at heart and she gets along well with colleagues. And while no longer able to perform, to perform her former work, she followed God's leading to plant seeds. He kept telling her, she said, he just said, keep planting seeds, keep planting seeds. It's up to me to make them grow, which she did. So she did. And uh, she really stretched out. And uh, to her delight and surprise, all of them took root and she was able to see the business opportunities available, things that she'd never ever thought that she could be doing. Instead of working in the business, she then began being the CEO of the business and getting other people to do the business. So she gathered the required people around her to do what, uh, what, what she couldn't do and to take advantage of their combined talents to grow the business, to deliver more services than it ever did before and to a much wider audience. So she didn't just work in, in government anymore. She started working in the not-for-profit sectors and she started working for a lot of those other different organisations um, where she, you know, so she was spreading her risk around these different organisations. And while it's still early days, seven years after those all of the awful events that stole her life, she has paid down her debts and she is confident that the best is yet to come. And if she were here, she would tell you that if she hadn't had God, none of it would have happened. She would have been on a railroad track, which is where she thought that she would end her life. Well, risk in all of that uh, comes when you say there has to be a brighter future. That comes when you have hope, and uh, hope in God gives us that thought that we will have a brighter future, Mm. not only for ourselves, but oftentimes we're a little less selfish and we're thinking about our family, we're thinking about our children, even our grandchildren. So the brighter future, somewhere in there, Christina, you've got to make a decision that you're going to take risks, and you can just take a risk willy-nilly in a secular way and leave God out of it. But the thought of putting God in there really then becomes a step of faith. But that step of faith, no doubt, is contingent on recognizing that you're doing something according to God and his purposes and his will and something that might be a righteous pursuit rather than an unrighteous one. Any thoughts around those? this lady, even that you're, you're telling her story, the sort of steps of faith that she was taking in that, relying on God? Um, Something that I borrowed from her, actually, um, um, because I'm like anybody else. You know, I lose I lose my confidence from time to time. You're stretching, you're reaching, and you're thinking, crikey. And um, she said, what I learned was that my faith is something that not something that I have to develop. It's something that God gives me. And so I kept asking for more faith and for more faith and for more faith. And, um, and so that kept happening for her, stepping out in that faith, knowing that the Lord was with her, but really having a very clear sight that, that he was always with her. And uh, then she said, one day I was listening to Encounter app, and it was a, um, um, which is fabulous, um, um, and I, I use it myself, uh, the Encounter app, and it was about borrowing Jesus' faith until your faith kicks in. And she said, and that made all the difference, because I knew that he had absolute faith and his faith was perfect. And so I started reaching in and digging into his faith. How do you like that? Isn't that that cool? is wonderful, yes. And as you're sharing those thoughts, 
I'm thinking faith, because sometimes we like to define faith in different ways. But one of those things that we can use here in a faith definition, if you're talking about digging out of a hole that you're in, is faith equals courage to move forward. There's a certain courage dimension to faith that we don't often talk about when we're talking about faith. Well, <clears throat> one of my favorites is Romans Romans 1.8, where, where God says to Joseph, uh, God says to Joshua, be determined and confident. Now, that's an instruction. It's not an invitation. It's be, be determined and confident. So stop worrying about what you think you feel, and I'm telling you to be determined. And so, <laughs> I think you meant Joshua 1. Yeah, yeah, Joshua. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Hey, let's, not too far out of news, let's take a call. Catherine is in Brisbane. Hello, Catherine. Welcome. Thank you. Hello. Hello, Christina. Hello, Catherine. You, you talk about um, taking risk, and, and that's really scary. Um, regardless, I'm a senior, so regardless of what age bracket you're in, it's still a scary thing to be a risk taker. It is. Because you not only risk, um, making money, you risk losing a lot of money and etc. You do. Yes. You talked about a, a YouTube video that you saw that you couldn't remember what it was. Um, have you remembered it now? Uh, no, but what I'll do is that I will send the oh. details to I will send the details to Ian and 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 to Neil, to Neil. and he can yeah. tell you about it later on. Okay, and is there a name on that cycle? Uh, listeners might be able to Google it. Uh, well, if you just look at um, if you just look up Ecclesiastes and read through Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes, you will see the cycle of peace and sin, oppression, repentance, and deliverance. Yes. So, if you're looking for that, perhaps uh, just googling uh, that cycle that you might find based in Ecclesiastes, that might be a helpful one for you, Catherine. Yes, it might too. Okay, that'd be great, Catherine. But, um, yeah. Yep. Yes. Sorry. That's what I was going to say. Did you have something else to add? No, I think, you know, Christine has just been very helpful. Thank you very much for your interview. And it's just wonderful. Thank you kindly. Thank you, Catherine. In Brisbane, our talkback line remains open on 1-800-316-316. Let's talk, Christina, about the parable of the talents, a parable that Jesus told about a master who went away and left his assets in the charge of three servants. Gave the first one five talents. Sometimes it's easier to think about those as some of the translations go as bags of gold. So five bags of gold. He gave the second one three bags and the third one one. Now, when he got back from his journey, he discovered that the first one had invested the five and had gained five more. The second one had invested the three and gained three more. But the third one was a lazy servant and had buried the gold or buried the asset. And so did not, because the master was a hard man, did not return any investment to the master or no gain on that investment. This has been a special uh, parable for you. And it has lots to do with the idea of taking risks. It does indeed. Um, I'm going to put my management consulting hat on to address this one. I find this one very interesting because if uh, he were doing that today, if if God had blessed a man uh, so much that 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 he was now the steward of that money and he was investing it through these three people, then 
he had a responsibility for that amount of money to make sure that it was invested by people who knew what to do with it. Um, it he called the third person lazy and um, uh, worthless and so on. But, you know, that's a bit like a manager today giving a job that's beyond the person's ability uh, and then telling them that they're hopeless and rotten and, and all that. Um, today's, that, just wasn't, that just doesn't wash in today's world. In today's world, if, um, if you're going to uh, give a, a, a delegated task to staff, you have to know that, that you've recruited them well, that they know your policies, and in this instance about um, your, what your finance policies are going to be like, what your risk profile is going to be like. Um, as an organisation, what's your risk profile? Um, you know, um, imagine losing those five five bags of gold. It might have been highly speculative. You know, who knows? But the point was, it may have been outside the company's, his organisation's risk profile. So organisations have to have a risk profile to start with. So he didn't even say what that risk profile was. He just all he did was, if you come, if I come back and you've done well, I'll reward you. If I come back, if I come back and you haven't done well, I'm going to nail you. I mean, that's just really not good management at all. So, you know, he really needed to be a lot more responsible about who he gave that, that, um, that money to. Uh, keep your management consultant hat on for a moment because as you're, uh, as, as you're dissecting this parable, uh, there is a thought here, and uh, you mentioned this to me in the break, that somehow or other the master who went away and left his assets in the charge of those three under-managers, you might call them, uh, might have done better to just leave it all with one. Well, he may very well have done. I mean, why pick three? Why, you know, why give it to three different people? Why not give all the bags to the to the one that he knew would 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 do well? My guess is that he probably thought, I'll give five to this one because I know that he'll be outrageous. He's done outrageous things for me before, and he's very, very foolhardy, and so maybe maybe that might win. Um, the second one I know is probably a bit more cautious and that'll probably do well too, but it'll probably, you know, you know, he may have evaluated which of the three, um, and this is a management consulting trick, you do that, you know, you when you're doing a proposal and you give them an outrageous proposal and you give them a, a, a proposal where it's almost a do-nothing proposal and then you give them a proposal which you know that will work and they usually go for the one in the middle. <laughs> And we see ourselves in the parable because, uh, you know, we might see ourselves as the very wise steward who had the five bags and uh, we would invest that well for the master and return 100%. Now, interestingly, the second one who had the two bags, uh, they also returned 100%. So there is a sense in which mm. that 100% gain uh, mm. was by the first one who had the most and the second one who had the the next amount. But interestingly, I think Jesus is telling this parable because we'll see ourselves in there and he wants to highlight that we ought not to be the lazy servant who does nothing with the assets that we're in charge of. Mm. And so there is almost like a responsibility on us as you were saying, to to have a risk profile, to say, what do I own? What is it that I have got at risk? And it's not just our money, it's our relationships, mm. it's it's the community reputation that we might have. Mm -hmm. Everything is at risk. Mm -hmm. Somehow or other, you've got to be a good, wise steward and wise manager of all of those things. You do indeed. Um, 
the the fact you know the third person actually lost money because by burying it underground the that amount of money devalued so he didn't he didn't not just lose the 100% that he that he might have gained or even 5% if he'd have gained 5% it would have been better than nothing so um, nothing ventured, nothing gained is actually true, but you, but not to do it foolishly. And um, and any as any you know manager who actually is running a successful business these days knows that he's got to be <clears throat> he's got to be planning it. He's got to be planning it. He's got to be leading it. He's got to be resourcing it and controlling it. You know, the man who went away for six months and didn't ask for a report or didn't ask for where are you going to put it or didn't ask for a progress report, that simply wouldn't happen today. You know, he'd be getting daily texts, he'd be getting emails, he'd be getting some sort of indication. He would have systems that would let him know how his investment was going. Who gives five bags of gold to somebody and doesn't find out what's happened to it for six months? I mean, that's just very foolhardy. So the manager who gave him that money was pretty... He had a very, very high risk profile. <laughs> <laughs> and there might be all sorts of ways you can have a take on interpreting a parable, mm. but interesting to uh, hear a change management, a risk management view of, uh, of how a story might be interpreted and a story that was told by Jesus. Let's take a call. Joe is in Victoria. Hello, Joe. Welcome along. Okay, thank you. Hi. Um, I have to say, all right, <clears throat> I don't believe the story, the um, parable of the uh, talents, right, means Jesus didn't mean what you guys are saying. And, uh, <laughs> okay, yep, right. What, um, give us your take here, I Joe. That because, yeah, but reason why I say is because Jesus didn't come into this world, right, to give us advice, okay, regarding, you know, having money and things like that. That was regarding, okay, the talents are... In in um, spreading the word, the word of God, and um, nothing to do with the lives we live in. That money has to do with it. And um, uh, there's a lot of things, okay, that I disagree with. I still listen to your radio station, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm very surprised that you guys are talking in this way. And. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, we did say we can take some liberty here and uh, get a management take on the the parable. Uh, I can appreciate what you're saying, except to say that Jesus told his parables in what some will say an agrarian society, and he told those stories, and on the face of it, they turned out to be just a nice story. But those who were listening were able to interpret and understand something of a different and deeper spiritual nature and so the parables themselves they actually have their own weight of credibility because Jesus told these in the cultural setting that he was in so it actually isn't a wrong thing for us to look at a parable and say well is there a management lesson to learn in here as well as we might do with a number of other stories that Jesus told but I can I can appreciate your uh, your take there, Joe. And uh, yes, kingdom principles and uh, the focus on the servants. And as I was saying, perhaps a focus on the third servant. 
which is the one we need to be cautious about and not be the one who is considered the lazy servant who did nothing with the talents that we're given. Now, given we're talking about talents, you're saying that those talents might be to do with the kingdom and the gospel. And yes, there is an element in that, but that's also a story that's told that is in a business sense as well. So I don't think we're actually overstepping the mark, but I certainly appreciate your insight there, Joe. So, Joe, thank you so much for joining us today on 2020. And this is the interesting thing, yep, yep. isn't it? Because there are uh, different takes you might be able to have on a, on a on a parable. Definitely. And if you're taking a biblical view of something, it's good to be able to make a reference to a parable. Mm. But, uh, yes, the, the third one, the lazy servant. Yep. We don't want to be the lazy servant. No. And this is, no matter what take you have on the parable, Mm. we don't want to be the lazy servant. And this brings us to why you might take a risk because you have to have faith to invest the Mm. talents that Mm. you have. Whether you say those talents are money or whether you say those talents are your gifts and talents that can be used in the kingdom, you have to take a risk to do that. I agree with you. And in fact, Joe, um, I'm going to agree with what you were saying. Um, it's, it's just what's interesting about, um, Joe, about the parables is that you can look at them from very different perspectives. Um, for example, the lady who I was telling you about before, when she kept getting the messages to plant seeds, I mean, if she had just bought a plant, she's, she's not a farmer, so she did what she thought that she needed to do. She said, how do I plant seeds? For planting seeds for me means going and, um, you know, um, um, pr- promoting my business, uh, it means getting out of the house, it means going and seeing people again, it means getting myself known again. It, that was how she planted seeds and God made those things grow. And, you know, that was that was for her. But she, you know, she's not a farmer, so she interpreted those seeds to be what seeds does she have. And it's the same for me. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a professional minister. I'm a I'm a I'm a woman who runs a small business, and I I you know my business is in managing organisational change. It's and I do that because it's the time at which businesses are at their most vulnerable, and it's where they can really falter and fall. So for me. Um, to come onto your radio, a Vision 2020 radio. Now, most of my clients are in government and all sorts of different organisations where God has been largely been uh, cancelled or marginalised at best. Um, and here I am s- stepping out for him. So I'm one of those three people with those talents. Um, I'm not sitting at home thinking to myself, gosh, well, um, I'm, I'm not going to go and do that radio program um, because I'll just hide my light under a bushel here. I'll hide everything I know about God and how much he's helped me and helped other people. I'm not going to share that. So I would have been lazy and, and a lazy servant not to do that. Instead, I've stepped out, I show up, I prepare, knowing full well that there's probably going to be clients of mine who go, crikey, I didn't know that she was a sound Christian. Listen to her talk. You know, that's a, that's a huge risk for me. And yet I know I have to take it because look at how much God has done for me. Look at how much Jesus has stepped out for me. You know, just how could I deny him that? Good stuff. Joe, thank you so much for good insight. And, uh, and you know, if we're taking a little extra liberty, uh, let's not uh, hold that against uh, us or our guest. 
in actual fact, I think uh, using the story in the parable uh, is actually a useful one when you are talking about masters and you might say master as employer and those who are in charge of your assets might be your managers and the way that they would actually be stewards of uh, the assets in that count in that uh, in that uh, context. Hey, let's move on a little. Uh, counting the cost. Uh, we count the cost. This is another Jesus saying for, uh, you know, for which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the costs, whether he has enough to complete it. Uh, these are the words of Jesus. This is not a parable. This is uh, directly the words of Jesus. And so if you're talking about issues in the kingdom, and you can, in fact, I think quite comfortably say issues in your life, in the way that you plan to live and follow Christ, uh, counting the cost is an important element here. How do we relate that into taking a risk? So whether or not it's uh, it's down to Catherine, Catherine who called us earlier on, and she's a pensioner and she's trying to make some decisions, um, or if you're a small business person, or you're, if you're running BHP, these principles, the you know these things that I'm just about to talk about, are applicable. Counting the cost doesn't just stop at money. It includes the planning and the leadership and the resources and the controls that it's going to take to make it happen. Planning is strategic as well as operational and people have to have tasks that are involved with those things. Um, leaders occur at every area of responsibility. So, you know, it might be Catherine and her husband making this decision um, or whatever the case might be or it might be a small business owner and his wife making a decision or his partners or it might be BHP talking to his board. He's going to be having to make... their This leadership happens in all areas of responsibility. The resources they need include time and money and skills and knowledge and the behaviours and the people and the assets required to make this thing work. And the controls requires the processes and the procedures to ensure that it's all being managed well and that there are checkpoints along the way to ensure that everyone stays on track and is finished properly and that the benefits of what has been started is actually achieved. If not, there are consequences. If all of these things don't happen, if planning is not adequate, then it'll be a mess. If leadership isn't up to the job, it'll be a mess. If there's not enough resources like time and money, it will be over time and over budget. If there are not enough skills and knowledge and ways of working, then it will be of poor quality. And if there are not enough people of the, or the right people, then it will fail. Good insights there. Counting the cost. It doesn't stop at money. There are a lot of dimensions to that. And so sometimes there is, a, there is something we do in oversimplifying the way we think about taking a risk. Mm. And this is oversimplifying the way we think about taking a step of faith. Mm. Now, you know, when I talk about taking steps of faith, uh, if I talk about leadership, I'm talking about not just leading anywhere. I say leading in a direction, which is a following of Christ, uh, following his mission. I mean, those sorts of things get us very Christian in the way that we think about where we're going. But counting the costs, it's more than just uh, taking, you know, on a whim, going and uh, doing something that you think, oh, this is a risk. I'll just take this now. Uh, thank you in Jesus' name. Well, that might not be enough to pray that prayer, but actually counting the cost and looking at the leadership and whether I've got enough resources, uh, whether the assets and the people are in place that is going to support that. This is where we deepen things a little and say, this is where we have to think about 
what we do in taking that risk, which is, as we say, taking that step of faith, thinking deeply, Christina. The thing is, the world is filled with people with great ideas, um, but it's very few of them who actually make it happen. Um, And it's the only way that you can actually be... Success is not having an idea. Success is actually taking that first step day after day after day after day and persevering until it is done, until you can look at it and see that there is measurable progress, until you can look at it and know that your steps of faith, as you step out in faith, you also have the, the knowledge that you, that you actually have the talent to do this and that you have all those other resources that I mentioned before. So day by day you grow in confidence and this gives us perseverance in the same way that that helps us to grow in perseverance in the faith, you know, that God has got you. You may have to borrow from him in the first place to get that to have that bit of faith to get out there and and have a crack um, and many of us have had challenging times difficult times we've all come through covid we, you know so many people rain falls on us all we've had floods we've had fires we've had all sorts of things a lot of people are really lacking in their confidence at the moment and they really just need to remember who they are in christ you know that's who they need to remember who they are they're not the guy with a Mercedes Benz. I mean, I have a brother who's um, down in Ballina, and his, uh, he, you know, his his house was 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 a wash, and his beloved um, red Jaguar that he'd had for many many years um, was uh, you know, a totaled, and you know he says, "But I'll buy another car. I'll buy another car. I'll get there again. I'll be fine." And he's eighty five, so you know. If people of 85 can do it, those of us who are much younger, we can do it as well. But we mustn't just let, we mustn't let oppression get us to the point where we, where we stop having confidence in God and confidence in ourselves. It's about having, when you have confidence in God, you can borrow his until you get your own. And you know, if you want to deepen a conversation like this around mission, uh, 85, I've heard of pastors who have been well and truly retired and planting churches at age 85 and older. So you can actually make an application for some of these thoughts around taking a risk or that step of faith, counting the cost uh, to all of these different dimensions. It's just that we have a change management consultant in the studio with us that tends to gravitate us back towards a workplace where there's an employer and where there are employees. And whichever side you sit on, you're going to interpret our conversation perhaps in some different ways today. But uh, I think uh, those who are employers uh, will have heard something perhaps a little different to the employee Mm -hmm. because uh, the manager who went away, or the owner who went away and left uh, his goods in charge of a, a set of managers, Uh, or the employees. I mean, different ways that you can interpret our conversation. But good insights today, and uh, we'll have uh, Christina back again. We'll choose a different topic. But uh, wonderful insights when it comes to how we think about change, because hard times are coming. Our earlier conversation was predicting the thought that recession is on its way. So, Uh, Just taking that little bit of forethought and foreplanning that says, well, what might we do 
in all of the things that God has called us to do and all of the dimensions of our lives to be able to take those right steps to preserve where we're at and actually take advantage of the opportunities that come, whether that's in reaching out or whether that's in caring for our family, taking those steps forward, investment, uh, all sorts of things that can be good for our future. Christina, one more word. The secret to getting through anything is working together. It is the absolute secret. Don't carry it by yourself. The secret is working together. That's how you'll get there. Christina Dean leads Uniforte, and we were talking business, organisational change management. Christina is a trainer, a coach, and a mentor. You can connect with her at uniforte.com.au. That's spelled U-N-I-F-O-R-T-E, uniforte.com.au. And uh, Christina, um, you're also on LinkedIn. Uh, listeners can connect with you. Thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. It's been a real joy. Thank you very much. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.